theyeshiva.net. So we began. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. So we began yesterday the Maimer Yoviu Levush Malchus, the first Maimer of Purim and Torah by the Balatanya, page 179, or Tzadik. We're holding column two, closer to the bottom of the page. And the main point that the Balatanya brought out here was the understanding of the physical reality of the physical world from a unique perspective and actually quite counterintuitive. Thank you so much. There's a concept called Seder Hishtalshalos. Seder Hishtalshalos means there's a system, like a shalshalos, a chain, there's a system of something evolving or devolving, developing from one space, from one level, as it descends to another one. It's called Ila Olu. Ila means there's a cause, an antecedent, and the Olu is the child of that cause, the offspring, the consequence of it. And there's always a relationship between the Ila and the Olu. This type of Olu comes from this type of Ila. An orange tree could come from the seed of an orange. An apple tree could come from the seed of an apple because the properties of that tree mirror and reflect the properties of the seed of the apple tree. If you, if you take the seed of a kiwi or the seed of a watermelon, it's, it's amazing, but it can't produce an orange. Just like the seed, the sperm and the egg of a person can give birth to a person, to a human being. Because of its particular what we call today DNA structure. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's maybe a very slight difference. I mean, uh, people, humanity shares DNA, 99.9% of our DNA is identical. But that tiny, 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 tiny fraction that makes the whole difference between you and me, it's, 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 it's quite amazing. The imprint of Hashem on every person is a tiny, tiny fraction what makes you, you, and me, me. We take our individuality very serious, but we have to remember 99.9, it's identical. And then there's that little tiny difference. If you look at human beings and baboons, or human beings and chimpanzees, right, we share, I think, 98.8% of DNA. So the difference between uh, me and the chimpanzee, <laughs> with all due respect, is uh, from a genetic point of view, it seems so tiny. But it's in that in that little tininess where there's so much difference. So all ilava alul, the alul, has to reflect and be a mirror of the ilan. That's called hishtalshalos. So he says the divine energy goes through a seder hishtalshalos. The beginning of that Ishtashlus is called Chachma. That's the beginning. That's the first glimmer, the first glimmer of consciousness. Like in a person, Chachma is the first glimmer of a conscious idea, which later needs to be developed. As we discussed, you have an epiphany. You have a blitz, a lightning, and then it needs to develop. So you have from Chachma, you have Bina, you have Das, and then you have the Midas, Chesed, Gvurit, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid. This is a, 
an evolutionary process within the spiritual worlds of a person. And then you have machshava, dibur, maisa. That's all hishtalshalos. And it starts with chachma. Whenever there is hishtalshalos, the first level and the second level are connected to each other because they are evolving from each other. The second brings out the potential of the first. Right? A child comes from the father and mother. It brings out the potential. It's a new entity, but it's a new entity that emerges from the previous entity. The tree brings out what's in the seed. It's not new. Huh? Yeah. Like the Gemara says. Even the Yafa is Mikayechaav. The Gemara says in Shvu is that Yafekayechaben in Halacha, the child of the, the power of the child could sometimes be greater than the power of the one who gave him the power. So there's a Taichin Chsidis, Yafekayechaben is also Mikayechaav. That's also. The child can bring out things that in the father they remain dormant. We know, we see it constantly. There's talents. There's skills. There's blessings in a father or grandfather, great grandfather. It's all there. But it never came out. It's dormant. And by the way, it's also in the opposite. There's things that uh, parents deal with and uh, the children are the one who have to deal with it. <laughs> there was a Yid who told me once that uh, he was struggling a lot with uh, his own image and confidence, these types of things. So he told me once that uh, in the 50s or 60s he was on the Yechidus by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So he was sharing some of his struggles. He, so he didn't tell me exactly what it was. He said, the Rebbe turned to him and said, this is from your father. Don't confuse it with you. <laughs> this is from thine tatan. <laughs> it's very interesting. Like, he was trying to help him. He was trying to help him. In other words, this is from thine tatan. It's from your Huh? Yeah, yeah. So he told us, told us to me himself. He was a bachet. He was a very young bachet. Today's an elder, he's an older Jew. And he said, das is von dein taten. Don't mix it. Don't, like, you don't have to take it on yourself. But that distinction is not such a simple distinction because your father, your father lives inside of you. And it's both in a beautiful way. The beautiful way. The alul, the alul inherits the ilah. The alul continues the ilah. The Allah brings out the Elah. And it brings it to the next level. It brings it to the next stage. In our life, the model is generally Elah Allah. A cause has a consequence. An action has a reaction. And the reaction becomes a cause for another reaction, another reaction, another reaction. And the last Allah you can trace back to the first Elah, even if it takes thousands of years. Obviously, you have to know all the facts and you have to know all the variables. It's not so simple. But you can trace it back. We each and every single one of us has a piece of Adam and Chava. I, 5,783 years past. That's true. <laughs> but some things, the passage of years don't eclipse the essential building blocks of how Ila and Allah works. The essential rules of how birth works, how the link of generations continues, that remains thousands of years. There's a piece of Adam in you, and there's a piece of Chava in you. So there's a piece of Avram in you and a piece of Sarah in you. Even though we didn't know all these people, but we don't have to know them. We know them because we know ourselves. Right? Sometimes the best, the deepest way of knowing people is because you know yourself. <laughs> you know everything there is to know. 
So the rule of Ilava Olal applies from the beginning of Chachma, from the beginning of Ishtalshalos, it's like a Shalshalos. But Ilava Olal has a limitation. The limitation is, the Olal is a mirror of the Ilah. The Ilah is not going to create something that's completely disconnected from the Ilah. The Ilah is going to bring out what is inside of it, so that the second thing is a continuum of the first. And it knows the connection, and it wants naturally a connection. It wants to have a connection. The reason it wants to have a connection is because that's what it is. It's it's connected to its source. So Ilah Alul can go further, 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 but the furthest it goes, it's always a reflection of the previous Ilah. Comes Dal Rebbe and says, and that's why all Ilava Allah works for the spiritual worlds. And even the physical world for the spirituality in the physical world. So it's, we say, the Nefesh Bahamas of an animal is rooted in Pneshur, the face of the ox of the Merkava. All birds, the soul of birds, the consciousness of birds, is rooted in the Merkava of Yecheskel, in the face of the eagle. Right? And the consciousness, this Pnei Shur, Pnei Aryeh, the consciousness of Chayis, of beasts, undomesticated, is rooted in the Malachim, the angels of the Merkava. Now you can't compare the consciousness of a lion, or of a tiger, right? Or of a bird, or of a mammal, to the Merkava of Yecheskel. But you could. Because it's Hishtashulus, it's Ilav Allah, the spiritual, there's a spiritual consciousness in the animal. And by the way, it's one of the reasons Alter Rebbe says why before Krishna we speak a lot about the Malachim. The whole section over there. It is Baruch Lanetzach, how the Malachim is Kulam Aymdim Biramaylam Ashmiim Biyira, Kulam Ahuvim, Kulam Brudim. It's all about the Malachim. Right? Magdishim Amlichim Ashem Akel, Makabalem Mal Malchus Shemayim Zemizah. And they say Kaddish Kaddish, and that's the Srafim, and then there's Ifanim and Chayisa Kaddish. Why is we, are we not talking about? So the Alter Rebbe says, it's a Haflodikavart, because the Nefesh of Bahamas comes from them. Chayis HaKadosh means holy Chayis, holy animals. Not so nice to call angels holy animals, yeah? You remember when they called people, kids in yeshiva, Chayis, yeah? It's the Chaya. Chayiro, yeah. You say Chayis HaKadosh, what Machiven, yeah. That was to negate. You shouldn't think you're from the Chayis HaKadosh, yeah. But the truth is, it's a very po- powerful idea. Because the Chaya down here is a Hishtalshlus from the Chaya Sakaidish. So when we're talking to the Nefesh Bahamas before Krishna, you're trying to explain to the Nefesh Bahamas who it really is. Your Zayda is Chaya Sakaidish. Your Zayda is the Srafim. You think you're just a grubba animal. You're not so passionate. All your passion that you have, it's really Chaya Sakaidish. It's lost in translation. That's why it's such a critical part of davening, because it's bringing the Nefesh Bahamas into the relationship. All your passion, everything you're busy with, really it's Chayis HaKadosh. It came down by Ishtashalos. That's when you're talking about the Ruchnius of the Nefesh Bahamas, the spiritual energy of it. But he says when it comes to the Gashmi, the bridge, from the, the leap from the spiritual to the physical is an absolute leap. There's an infinity in that leap. It's not Ilava Alal anymore. Because what happens in the Gashmi? In the Gashmi, there's a new reality, and that is a sense of detachment, a sense of complete severance, of complete independence. 
So all the energy and consciousness in the world can't create matter. It can create one consciousness, another consciousness, another consciousness, another consciousness, another consciousness. But to go to the world of matter, of Geshem, of physical, that's a completely new reality. And when you ask the physical, who are you? Where do you come from? He says, I don't come from anywhere. (laughs) I am because I am. That's it. I'm a self-contained identity. The physical on its own doesn't point to anything. It doesn't say, by the way, I'm an olul from an ilah. An emotion points to a progenitor. Right? If you ask a person, where did the emotion come from? It's a good question. Where did the idea come from? What are the consequences of this idea? That's all the language of ilah va'olul. You talk to the physical, a rock, and you say, where did you come from? He says, who said I have to come from somewhere? Huh? It came, right? But it's not ilavalu. And that's why, that's why in the Geshem you don't see its source. In ilavalu, there's always a connection between the ilah and the alu. This is called yeshme ayin. Yeshme ayin means it looks like it came from nothingness. And therefore it says it didn't come from anywhere. Because if I came from nothingness, <laughs> you can't come from nothingness, I didn't come from anywhere. So Al-Tarebbe says, Dafke the physical comes from Soiv of Kalalman, from Hashem beyond the Shtalshalus. Comes from Hashem, who's a Keliachal, who's not defined by any stages of evolution and therefore can create something that's completely remote from the Elah, something completely new. So the physical reality of the body and of the world is rooted in a much deeper place, in a lakus, than the spiritual. And this was from the Giluyim of the last Purim, the Alter Rebbe, this is the last Maimah of Purim, Tafkuf Ayim Beis. There's a letter that he wrote a few days before his passing, Eger Sakajr Simen Chaf. And over there also he brought out the Maimah of Gashmis that it comes from Atmos. And here also the last Purim, this was this is Galos, that precisely that world, that reality, which seems the most distant, in a way, it's much deeper than all the Ruchniyas in the world. Because all the Ruchniyas is Ilava'alul. And Ilava'alul is only Mamalakalalman. Mamalakalalman means the way a Lakus comes in to a structure, and then it goes from level to level to level, starting from Chachma. But in order to bridge and create the quantum leap between Ruchni and Gashmi, as much as something will be brought down spiritually, it's not going to turn into something physical. The transformation of energy into matter, of spiritual into physical, this comes from a place of absolute infinity, where there's no structure whatsoever. So it's not anymore a gradual transition, it's a new Hisgalus, it's a new reality. And when you look at the Gashmi, it has no connection. So by being disconnected, it reveals that it's connected to something much deeper. It's not connected to the source in a way that it mirrors it, it reflects it like Ilava Allah. It's a leap from what he calls Saiv of Kalalman. Saiv of Kalalman is that Hashem is a Kaliachal. And therefore spirituality and physicality are identical by him. And just like he can create spiritual, he can create Gashmias. And the Gashmias is not an Allah from the Ilah. So whenever we say that everything in this world is a mirror of the spiritual world, that's the spirituality in the world. But the Geshem, the, the bruteness, the physical itself, there's something, there's a secret in the physical itself. 
in the Gashmi, the fact that it became Gashmi. And that's rooted in a deeper place that comes from Seyv of Kalam, which is completely not limited. Because it's not limited, so therefore spirituality and physicality are equally identical. Just like you say, God is not physical, God is also not spiritual. To say God is spiritual is the same as like saying God is physical. We always say, what is God? He's spiritual. Vasepis. Spirituality is Ochan Sometimes Ruchnis could be a much bigger Avedizara than Gashmis. Because <laughs> it's much more sophisticated. So Ruchnis and Gashmis are identical. So just like you create Ruchnis, you create an in of Gashmi. So the Gashmi, the physical, represents that source of Soiv of Kalam. And that doesn't go through the regular, the regular Ishtashlis. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual DNA, physical DNA comes from spiritual DNA. Like everything. The rhythm of DNA, the structure of DNA, the themes of DNA, the messages of DNA, the idea behind DNA, that's, that's a spirit, that's a spiritual concept. It's a spiritual reality. Right. Yeah. But there's also the spiritual codes of souls and of angels. And of realities, and every neshama has its DNA, and it replicates so, cell, cells. We speak about neshamas zivugim in Kabbalah. There, he always speaks about zivugim. You know, the zivug of a man and a woman creates the merging of the Y chromosomes and the X chromosomes, which can create a child that has both the masculine and the feminine. As a result of that zivug, that begins already in Eilam Atzilus. There's the zivug of Chachma and Bina, there's the zivug of Chachmaichen and Midas, there's the zivug of what's called Zah and Malchus. These are all zivugim that create completely new realities of spiritual DNA, which create new worlds and new souls and new creatures. And it's all, it's all a concept of Ilava'alu. No, the table comes from lumber, but we're talking about the, the pristine physical world, the original physical world, the physical reality. It's not an alul, the, the building blocks of Olam Hagashmi. Yeah, once we're in the physical world, one thing evolves from another. That's within the Gashmi. But the leap from Ruchni to Gashmi, right? That's quantum. That's called, he calls it a dilug. The jump means, right, there's like a gulf. It's not a, it's not a, a, gra- a gradual transition. Within the physical world itself, you have Elav Alul, yeah, MS. But the Diluk, the leap from Ruchni to Gashmi is not one. Ruchni will go down, 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 down. For example, a teacher has an idea. The idea is very abstract. You want to bring it down to simple people, you have to give a marshal and another marshal, another marshal, another marshal, right? But from all those metaphors, you're not suddenly going to have a physical reality. <laughs> You'll have the idea brought down from Atzillus, Tabriya, Yitzir, Asiya. An emotion, yeah? You can explain the emotion, you can articulate the emotion, you can present it in these words and that words. The emotion that's very, very deep on one level could descend on another level and look like something else. But every emotion has an ila and has another ila, another ila, till the pristine emotion. And it's very different. It could be a thousand years from one to another. Right? What you experience as a four-year-old, emotionally, suddenly when you're 40 or 50, it's already a different emotion. But it's that, the same thing. You could see how it developed. 
When the four-year-old child, if you want to speak, it's a positive and also in the negative, in the, in the challenging. The four-year-old child maybe just felt unbelievable fear. Just unbelievable fear. Fear of the world, fear of life, fear of people. When he's 50 years old, he's not walking around saying, I'm scared of everybody. But he is. <laughs> he is, even more than when he was four. Because it's already 50 years. But it doesn't look like that anymore, because sepasnasht. I'm not walking around. Fakert. Maybe he's the most macho person, I don't know. But it's all fear. It's all fear. That's ilavalu, right? You have to be able to trace back and see where it began. But from all of that, you're still dealing with the world of emotions, the world of ruchnias. So the Alter Rebbe says, the, the leap from the ruchni to the gashmi, it's a, it's a new reality, something called gashmi. All ruchnias is always points to a source. There's always connection, there's always communication. The physical is the first reality. You look at a world, here I am. So he says, yeah. This is not rooted in Ishtashlis. This is rooted in Prichachma. This is Ayin. Mamish Ayin. And it's not defined by anything. So he's a Kelyoch. He created a new reality. Part of Ilaval. Not part of that structure. You're right. So there's, there's something in the Gashmi that is much more divine, purely divine, than even in the Ruchni. Yeah. The Alpha Rabbi says that Shamshel is versus Chachma. is the first. No, there's an order. Hishtalshlus is always an order. There's a father and there's a child. The child can't come before the father. <laughs> he says here that Machshava comes after Midas. There's Chachma, Bina, Das, there's Midas, and then there's Machshava, Dibra, Because Machshava is already the formulation of Chachma and Midas. Chachma and Midas come before Machshava. Thoughts are not the essential idea. Thoughts are not the essential consciousness. That's what he says here. You thought it comes from India. That's true, huh? Yeah. We live in the world of Machshava. That's true, most of us. Right? That's true. That's true. The children of Avram Avinu, he sent to the East. It says in Zoya that he gave them spiritual uh, teachings. No, people think in, in meditation, meditative practice is one of the most important things is to separate the I from Machshava, from your thoughts. We've become so entangled with thoughts, that's me. Right? What I'm thinking, that is me. But it's not. Vaharaya. <laughs> You can watch yourself thinking. <laughs> if you can watch yourself thinking, there's an eye that's watching the thoughts. So the eye is not the thoughts. But the eye becomes the thoughts, and we don't even separate. And those thoughts become the ego of the person, and there's no separation anymore. So now my thoughts are very negative or even very positive. But I'm entangled by thoughts, completely entangled. So when he says here that the beginning of Ishtashla is not do with Machshava, do with Chachma. And then from Chachma there's Midas. And then after Midah is to something called Machshava. Now, our Hishtalshalos work, work so fast that we right away, boop, Machshava. It didn't start with Machshava. <laughs> and even Chachma is the beginning of Hishtalshalos. That's the beginning of the structured soul. The pre-structured soul, we have no, it's Ayin. Chachma may Ayin Timotze. 
Chachma is the revelation of Ayin. So the bridge from Ayin to Chachma is already something that's not Ilav Olul anymore. How does Ein Saif become structure? That's a new Chiddush. So already Chachma is already a concept of not Ilav Olul from the source. It's not a, a, a devolution from like Bina from Chachma. Even more so, it's the physical relative to the spiritual. Yeah, but what we say in our perception, that perception is very meaningful because what it really means is that the physical, like don't take it for granted. You know, often in spiritual disciplines, it's like the Gashmi is nothing, it's worthless. It's really ayin. Yeah. But al Rebbe says the fact that we see the Gashmi, that, that's significant. That's real. It's not a mistake. In Avedis Hashem also. There were those who said the Gashmi is, is it's the source of all evil. And even in the science and physics, the Gashmi is not Teufus Makim. It's just an optical illusion. Wake up from your dream. But Lepel, we live in that world. So there becomes a tension between two different worlds. Right? The world of Emes and the world of Sheker. So here he's saying something. He's saying this world of Sheker, so to speak, this world of Gashmi is a reflection of Soiv of Kalam. So it has in it something that even the spiritual doesn't have. Because the spirituality of everything is Ilavalu. Yeah, Diluk in the sense that it comes across as something completely separate. It's not looking to connect to the Ilah. It doesn't even say there's an Ilah. It doesn't reflect that. One of the, the biggest struggles in physics is how does a, what, what's called quantum reality, how does it translate into a reality that's so fixed? Quantum reality is reality on a much deeper level, which we can't see with our eyes, where paradoxes live together and things are completely not logical. Things don't even have a fixed space. But suddenly it graduates into collapsed models that are very, very fixed, very predictable. What, what happens? What happens over there? There's something, something that happens. Right. How does it happen? So they blame the person, we observe it, and that's why we collapse it into that model. <laughs> if your eyes would be a little more sophisticated, you wouldn't force the world to be such a Gashmi. <laughs> we create the Gashmi of the world. The Nikudi here in this Maimer is, yeah, that that's all true, it's all true. There's deeper and deeper and deeper layers of reality. But the ultimate product, the physical, is not a mistake. It's not an error. That is Saiv of Kalaman in action. Not Ishtalshalos. All the higher worlds work with Ishtalshalos. And that's why every child, there's a gravitation to go back to the source. It identifies the source and goes back to the source. But then there's a reality of something yeah, that becomes self-contained. It doesn't look like an Olul anymore. Not because it doesn't come from somewhere. Because it comes from a place that's beyond Ilava Olu. And that's what he calls here Saiv of Kalam. It comes from the Ayin itself. It's not like Chachma Bina Das, where the Bina comes from a previous reality relative to it. I'm sorry, what? Why 
this world cannot come from the Amalek The Ruchnius of the world comes from Amalek The theme, the content, the substance, the inner soul, the inner energy, Amalek That's Amalek at some point, there's a leap, there's a, there's a, like a break, a, 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 a breakage or, or a severance where suddenly reality is not divine energy. It's not perceived as divine energy. It assumes a concretized reality, whether you want to call it physical energy, physical mass. But there's something, it's not called an Olam Aruchni anymore. It's called an Olam Agashmi. Now, the Olam Agashmi itself has so many different levels of interpretation. Depends what instrument I'm using. If I'm using my glasses, I'm using my eyes, I'm using microscopic uh, instruments. But that's all within the world of Gashmi. But at some point, there's a break-off. You know, they have a breakaway minion. There's a break-off where divine energy is not part of the equation anymore. Huh? It's like goof. It's, it's suddenly there's something called a goof. Now it's true. You go deeper, deeper into the goof. Yeah. The physicality of the goof is extremely, extremely intricate and extremely, extremely deep. But there's, there's some nekuda where reality is transformed into something that has a concretized physical reality, whether it's more gross reality, physical or more subtle physical. You know, call mass, call it energy, call it matter, call it energy. Einstein said the two are interchangeable. That itself was a chiddush. When you talk of energy in science, it's not energy. There's ruchnius energy, divine energy, and energy in science. Okay. No, we use a similar vocabulary because they have they have they have similarities. Right. But even the energy in science is already an Indian of Gashmi. It's much more subtle. Obviously, it's much more subtle. But who was from Soy? What, what exactly, what part of the reality came after from Soy? I'm trying to comprehend. Is it like a, in order that the physical reality was completely something, something new that was invented and it cannot be even... The physicality of something... The physicality of something, not its sophistication, the physicality of it, doesn't embody, doesn't project coming from somewhere, having a purpose, leading to something. That's a chiddush in the split between Ruchni and Gashmi. Spiritual energy points to a source, and it continues a story. There's something that happened in reality where... There's a new thing. We call it the Gashmi. And what happens here? Complete perceived independence without any connectivity to anything or anybody else. Huh? It's the world we live in though. Yeah. But, but it's, it's a perception created by the creator. But you're saying the first formation of the uh, of the particles, something like a—that's what you're referring to. That was the chiddush. The first, the first Gashmi particle, so to speak. <laughs> Quarks, yeah, or even, or even more subtle, if you can break that down. <laughs> but you want to talk about quarks, those aren't quarks. <laughs> when divine energy suddenly assumed a Gashmi's body. 
tzir, even a very, very subtle one. So he says, that was not anymore ilav Allah. That's like a, 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 a new, it's like yesh meyayin. Where, where, where? From where? Oh, I don't know. We talk don't know. We talk don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. That's where the scientific atheist will say, it's not my responsibility to tell you where, from where. It's not my responsibility. Once you have it, I'll analyze it. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, how can you really analyze something when you're a prisoner to it? When you're defined by it, you can't really analyze it. Right? What did he say the other day? If you're in the box, you don't see the label. <laughs> the scientist tells you, it's not my responsibility to where from. From where? How? You have this, I'll tell you what it is. But you can't really tell me what it is if you're part of it. Because <laughs> then your description of what it is is defined by the very experience of it without any understanding of what it really is. Exactly. You're, you're, I'm going to ask the cup to describe to me what a cup is. Vas vesa cup, vegan a cup. It's like asking the cup to tell you what a cup is. Vas can a cup visa vas a cup is. There was a chassid, his name was Dvarkin, Machol Dvarkin. He used to say, You don't need to say, Vas machsto, right? Vas machsto. So people don't realize, Vas machsto means, What are you making? Mach. So he would say, Vas kenshin agemachte machen. Vas kenshin agemachte machen. What can somebody who's made already make? <laughs> it was perspective, you understand? Relax. Huh? So when the scientist says, I, 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 it's not, well, I'm going to tell you where it comes from. Once it's here, I'll analyze it. You can't understand the yesh if you're not, if you don't know the ayin, your understanding of the yesh is going to be very, very limited. That's, by the way, why this is an interesting thing. Why a disproportionate amount of Jews have been revolutionaries in the worlds of science, physics, psychology, in, in terms of new ideas. Why? It's not just because their mothers pressured them to learn a lot. It's because all real change. All real inventions come from a new flow of the ayin into the yesh. You have to be able to go out of the box and see it from a much different perspective without any preconceived notions. Because the Jewish soul is rooted in ayin, so therefore it's more naturally inclined to revolutionize things. To say, wait, wait, wait a second, let's redo the whole world. <laughs> But, but the, the, the soul is rooted in a very deep place that goes beyond the yesh. So the point is, so this is the point, that there is that leap, yeah? Let's call the Big Bang. What happened at that moment? I, I'm using the Big Bang as a muscle because it's a good muscle. But what happens at that moment? I don't know. It's, it's, once it happened, let's analyze. Let's analyze the helium. Let's analyze light. Let's analyze how the moon was formed. Fine. Let's analyze the fine-tuning of what had to happen that such an explosion can ultimately emerge into a universe. Yeah? 
So if you want to talk about this Mayim, is telling you what happened at the Big Bang. So to speak. Spiritually. I mean, I don't mean, again, I'm not talking about that. Okay, fine. Fine, fine. The emergence of divine reality into space, into time, and into matter, yeah? Boom, suddenly. Suddenly, not just in time. Suddenly, also in concept. Suddenly, boom, from where? Timotze, he says it's a metzia. A metzia means it didn't come from anywhere. A metzia doesn't mean I worked hard for 10 years, and now I got a bonus. That's not a metzia. A metzia doesn't mean I created a company, I sold it for $20 million. It's not a metzia. Baruch Hashem, it's not a metzia. Yeah, 20 years, you were in your office for 19 hours a day. That's not a metzia. A metzia means, a metzia is an expression, it's a metzia. You're walking in the street. From where? I don't know. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Three things come with Hesach meaning when you didn't focus. Akrov, a scorpion. Metzia, <laughs> or Mashiach. Interesting, the Gemara puts these three things together. The scorpion comes when you don't expect him. It's also human scorpions. Pop! Here's a bite. He didn't expect it. A metzia. And Mashiach is also Baschadas. So the Altareb explains, what's the Shaykh? Mashiach, Akrav, Baschadas. And he says, the idea of Mashiach is that if it's coming from your Das, it's not going to be Geula. It always comes from a place that's pre-Das. Adloyad. It's pre-Das. In other words, if it's coming Ilava Alul, I'm expecting it, I'm preparing for it, it's not redemption. It's only relative to my anticipation, which means it's limited to my ego and expectations. Like a scorpion. A scorpion obviously is a painful and maybe venomous bite. The Gemara says when you're davening Shmin Esriv, there's a nachash on your, on your akev lo yafsik, if it's a, if it's a benign snake. Akrav yafsik. Boom. It's dangerous. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. The theory in science, when the question, how did it happen? And the fine-tuning is so beyond that statistically, it's simply not shayich. Just after the Big Bang, the fine-tuning that had to happen, not on a second, on a milli, 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 milli second of so many different factors in order to create a universe is... Yeah, you can't even, you can't, I'm saying milliseconds is not even the right word. It's, it's unfathomable. That to say there was no, there was no consciousness behind it, it happened by mistake, is, 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 is one of the closest things to absurdity you can say. Like I told somebody once today, to believe an atheist, you have to, to today to be an atheist, you have to have a lot of emuna. <laughs> you have to have a lot, a lot of faith to be an atheist. It's not so easy. If you know what's happening, it's not easy. You could, you could, but it's not an easy thing. You have to have a lot of blind faith. So the point is, so they, one of the explanations is multi-universes. That means, yeah, that this universe is not the only universe. There's endless parallel universes where Taka, everything got screwed up. <laughs> and this is one of, beyond trillions, one of them, this, this was, you know, the, the good mazel one, right? <laughs> we ended up in the good mazel. There, everything to disprove, to say that there's no creator, <laughs> you'll go to a theory that this universe is one out of endless universes. That makes sense. As long as you don't have to say there's something above. You can be Mamali all your taivas. 
It's very deep. The truth is the world of science and seichel is a world of ilah va'alu. You look at a reality, you break it apart, and you say, what caused this? And that's a beautiful world. It's the world of science. It's the world really of seichel. Ilah va'alu. And you go back to the ilah, and then you go back to the previous ilah, you go to the previous ilah, you go back to the first ilah, but you're looking for an ilah. Al-Tarebbe says, but reality starts when you stop looking for the ilah. Go to the first ilah. You go. But then there's a whole different leap. The, 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 from Bayre to Nivra is Ein Saif. Ein Saif is not ilah. Ilah means I look at the table and I say, where did it come from? I look at the body and I see something happening and I want to know what is the rhythm that created this result? And what creates that rhythm? Or what creates that rhythm? And then you go back to the brain. And it's, it's amazing stuff, Ilavala. It goes, it's amazing deep. But it stays by, but, but tap Ilah. And when you come to the first Ilah, So now you're not gonna say there's something outside of that, because my world is Ilavala. I don't see an Ilah. So all I'm, all I could say is, I have to explain the system from within the system. So it's a very limited relationship with the system. Imagine you have to explain a computer code without including the idea that there's a programmer. (laughs) Imagine imagine I have a computer code. It's unbelievably brilliant because the computer code of our universe is more brilliant than any computer code that has ever been written or will ever be written. Just the computer code in one human brain, I should say even the computer code in an ant's brain, is more sophisticated than any computer code and any supercomputer that any man, any man or woman has written, right? Now you're looking at this code, it's crazy brilliant, and you have to somehow explain the code from within the code itself, and you're not allowed to include that there was a mind behind it. Well, what are going to be your results? Yeah. The replicated gene became by itself. <laughs> and the cell, that its sophistication is, is beyond mind-staggering, yeah. you, you can't look at for anything outside of the cell. So the Al-Tarebbe says, how did this happen? So he explains it happened because that reality where divine energy suddenly is eclipsed and something gashmi comes out, call it the Big Bang, call it the first particle, that's Soiv of Kalam. <laughs> That's Ayin. It's Ayin in the making. And the Yesh doesn't see the Ayin. The Yesh doesn't say, Oh, that's my source. Because if the Yesh would say, That's my source, it wouldn't be a Yesh. <laughs> if, why not? Because if the Gashmi would say, That's my source, you're not Gashmi anymore. You're already spiritual energy. And the whole purpose of creation is compromised. You understand? Ilava Alo. The Allah lives by knowing the Elah. What brings an emotion, what makes an emotion so alive is that it knows where it comes from. Again, negative or positive. The moment the Yesh knows about the Ayin, it's Ois Yesh. And by the way, that's why it's called Ayin, it's called nothing. Why is it called nothing? It's called nothing. Why is it nothing? Hashem is nothing? Sayyid Kalaman is nothing? The answer is, for the Gashmi, it's nothing. The moment for the Gashmi, it's something, it's Ois Gashmi. It's outside of its realm, and if you introduce it into the realm, I can't be me. Ilava alul fakert. 
the more I know the Elah, the more Geshmak Alal I am, the more developed, the more deep, the more aware, the more alive I am. By Gashmi, it's Punkt Farket. The moment you introduce to me my source, is Kaplishmacher. You could call the Hever Kadisha. I don't mean the Hever Kadisha to bury. The Hever Kadisha because there's nothing. <laughs> it's all ain't safe. If it's all ain't safe, where's the, where's the Gashmi? So it's called Ayin. Ayin means nothingness. Why? Because in the world of the Gashmi, it's like a nothing. It's not part of the equation. It's not part of the science. Break down the yesh. You're not going to find the ayin. <laughs> and the scientist will say, it's not my responsibility. Yeah. 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 Think of the ray of the sun as a very good example. If you tell the ray of the sun, you know what? Go independent. Here you have a ray. Let's shut the Venetian blind. You'll become an independent reality. What's the ray going to tell you? You're going to kill me. <laughs> if you separate me from my source, you're going to kill me. <laughs> if you put down the Venetian blind and you don't allow me to be connected to my source, I'm done. Because the definition of air is a continuum of a source, more. That's what light is. Light brings the reality of the source into a new reality. That's what the function of light is. In Gashmi, there's a new Metzius. It's called Kali. Huh? The whole purpose of light is connectivity. Light is what allows us to connect physically. You could see me. I could see you. And also spiritually, you could see me. I could see you. The whole definition of Ur is connection. That is light. That's why light is so important. Kli is a new reality. Kli already takes air, right? And defines it as something. Chachma is a keli legabe ayin. And yesh, the physical yesh, that's where it really emerges. Because chachma is also structure, but it's at least still spiritual energy. But the yesh hagashmi, yeah? This is where it doesn't point to anything. And if you use the mechanisms of illa va'alu, you're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck. And that's what they always tell the, the atheistic scientists, always tell believers, what are you bringing in other stuff? That's not science. And they're right. It's not science. They're correct. It's science in the sense that to see such intricate design and to see such incredible uh, randomness without pointing to intelligence is quite absurd. That's science. That's logic, I should say. It's logic. But you want to find in, in the yesh, you want to find the ayin. Then there's no yesh. The ayin by definition remains nothing. Ilah va'alul, the alul comes to life with the ilah. When a child has parents, the child's life is not compromised. Attachment is the core of life. In the yesh, there's the first concept of not attachment, no attachment. I think, I think the true science, it's a, it's a vulnerable position because they cannot pinpoint it. Right. You're right. 
You're right. You're right. The moment you could pinpoint God, it's already not the God. You want to put him in a lab and say, let's break down the particle a little further and we'll see God. Then you're reducing God to the particle. The challenge is when the atheist, when the scientist becomes arrogant, when he becomes arrogant, right? And the moment you start asking this question, suddenly he's angry at you. That's already a different reality. That doesn't do with the science. That has to do with gaiva and taiva. <laughs> so, so you have to understand here what he's saying. He's, so, so, so the Rebbe is saying a gewaldige chiddush in the whole of Yiddishkeit. Because in all Tzvarim, you always see the gashmi as the, 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 the garbage. It's the source of all the tsaras. Right? And the clippers and the taivas and the, all the problems. In Ganeidin, you don't have these problems. Elamai, it's a place of Nisyonis, and this is where you get all the tickets. So you can go into the amusement park, the cosmic amusement park. You can't go on the roller coaster or the Ferris wheel, right, without tickets. So if you want to get to Ganeidin and get on the Ferris wheel and stay there, loyal and involved, because it gets stuck usually at the Ferris wheel. So you need tickets. So where do you get tickets? You gotta pay money. So here you get tickets. So that's a conception. And there's a truth to it, obviously. But here in the Maimi is Megala, a whole other Nakuda. And that is that the Gashmi itself tells a story that is much deeper than even than the Ruchni. Because it goes beyond the world of Ilava Allah. It goes straight to Saiv of Kalalman. Straight to the Ayin which is not defined by spirituality, and therefore it's not defined by physicality. And therefore the spiritual and the physical can be one and can be not one. Like he says, darkness is light, and therefore the physical is an embodiment, actually, of pure infinity, of Seiv of Kalaman, and that comes out, Dafkin the Yesh, which doesn't feel that it comes from a source. That lack of connection, that lack of ilava alul, on one level is a flaw, it's its disadvantage, and on another level, has something in the physical that the spiritual doesn't have. Because the spiritual takes you to a higher level of elikus in the world of ilava alul. Call it spiritual science, divine energy. And here you go to a place which is beyond energy, it's beyond structure, it's beyond chachm, it's ayin mamish. And yet it doesn't come out in alul. And because of that, the moment the yesh knows about the ayin, it's ois yesh. It can't have attachment. Because if it's attached, if it knows about the ayin, it becomes ayin. It's not physical, it's infinity. So for the physical to become physical, the ayin is completely concealed. But that is where the yesh is coming from. So what you see as separate, what you see as ego, what you see as 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 self, is really a, a reflection of God's pure infinity. Which doesn't have to be expressed in Ilavalo. Uh, automatically then you don't have an ego. <laughs> if you understand this, this is the biggest war on ego. All the other, all the other wars on ego are superficial. All the other wars on ego are basically trying to fight the ego. 
Al-Taleb says you don't have to fight the ego. If you understand what your ego is, you understand that your ego is ain't Saif. That's where every, all transformation happens. All, all other ideas, you're going to fight the ego. You'll be stronger than your ego. There's a lot of beauty in that. Your I is not your ego. Here he's now going to the next step. The next step is when you realize that the truth of the ego is ain't Saif, so then <laughs> the whole ego doesn't begin. <laughs> you don't have to fight it. What are you fighting? Yeah. What are you fighting? Stifus. So there were, in very many spiritual disciplines, they wanted to take you away from ego, take you away from the physical, take you away from embodiment. Right? The more you can disassociate from the, from the ego of the universe, the more you could be one with yourself. And there's a lot of depth there, a lot, a lot of depth. Don't underestimate that. But now he's going a step further. And he's saying that's all in the world of Ishtalshalos. The world of Ishtalshalos, that's important to be able to go to the Ilo and not get stuck in the Olo. Be able to go to Chachma and not get stuck in Machshava. Be able to go to Midas and not get stuck in Machshava. Yes. Yeah. But then there's something even deeper. And that's Sayyid of Kalam, and the complete infinity, Kelyachal. And where is that expressed? Dafka in the embodiment. Is that the limitation of, that the limitation of spirituality? Yeah, that's the limitation of spirituality. It doesn't have a boundary? Yeah. And the physical doesn't Yes. Is that why we need both of them? Yes. The spirit doesn't have boundaries. And the physical world is all about boundaries. And the Alter is going to say, we're going to learn a few lines, that's the kichilik of Torah mitzvahs. Torah is ishtalshalos. Torah is chachma emerging. On many different levels. You have pnimi yisa you have nigla of Torah, but it's all Hishtalshalus. It says in Zerah, comes from Chachma. The world of mitzvahs is a very strange world. Suddenly you're taking leather from animals and wrapping it, you know, we take it for granted, right? You told me, a vision of Chassid told me that, uh, whatever it's, <laughs> he told this to me, he said that Simchas Torah, Shmini says in vision it's here, Mansi, Somebody put honey on top of the mechitza. Because he didn't want the women to, you know, by hakafas, they like to see. So they were climbing up and, uh, you know, just putting their head over the mechitza. So he put honey over it, right? So that the women would stay away. So uh, uh, we have interesting people. Creative people, yeah. Without ilava alul, yeah. Like somebody once said, yeah. Huh? Okay, whatever. Fine. At least honey better than bleach. So Zainab Bissel Ziz. Zainab Bissel Ziz. Anyway, so, so the Gabai or the Ruv, I don't know exactly, got very upset, you know. Got on their dresses and it's just not nice. You know, you could tell people, you can, you can talk to people, Menschlich. Huh? The Rebetzin got, uh, got a, okay. So they asked, there was a, so there was a, an African American there who was, you know, took care of the shul, cleaned it and this. 
They asked him if he saw somebody coming to put on. He said, yeah. They said, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you stop him? He said, I'll tell you the truth. You know, I'm looking at you guys, yeah? A few days ago, you take chickens and you start putting it over your head, yeah? Then you're banging willows on the floor. Then you're shaking citruses and you're closing your eyes and you're waving it. How am I supposed to know that putting honey on top of a wall is not part of this culture? How, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Explain to me why that's so much worse than your kapara, Zechalifosi, Zetmurasi, yeah? Ganz geht, yeah? And then once I saw Junior with Sukkis, you know, Sukkis is the Ganz Meshiga, with, with, with the Minyanim and my gate, my life, yeah, nobody knows, it's, it's a Ganz Lebedic. So I asked him, how do you, uh, how do you look at all of this? Uh, <laughs> you know, people running with their shyness, with this, like, if you grew up with it, it's part of your culture. I said, do you see it strange? A strange? He says, Rabbi, this is spiritual tradition. <laughs> it's a spiritual tradition. My point is the world of mitzvahs, we take it for granted, but the world of mitzvahs is a very strange thing. In the Eastern disciplines, where they have traditions from Avram Avinu, it comes before Matan There's no concept of physical mitzvahs. Fakert. Meditation, spirituality, that's the name of the game. Segregation from the ego. Segregation from achshava. Segregation from the world of particularities. In Judaism, yeah, most rituals, most mitzvahs revolve either feeding and drinking a little too much, family life, relationships, intimacy, how to go to the bathroom, how to sleep, how to cut your nails, how to get dressed. In many ways, that chased away so many Jews because this is all God wants. If you tie your shoelaces this way, you're going to burn in Purgatory, if you cut your nails in the wrong order, you know what happens to you, right? Because before Matan Torah, he was right. Before Matan Torah, that's the whole Nikud of the mind, before Matan Torah, he was right. Before Matan Torah, there was a gulf between the spiritual and the physical. They couldn't, it says in Medrash, So the experience of divinity happened through meditation. Connecting body and the spirit also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The unification. These Jews that were attracted to Eastern practices, they were attracted to the spirituality without the Torah. Yeah. Spirituality, pre-Matan Torah of Avram Avinu, is reflected in many of the Eastern disciplines. It says in Zohar, it says Avram sent his children to the East, and he gave them gifts. What gifts did he give them? Tennis bracelets? Maybe two. Achveistr. He gave them a credit card that they could sweep whenever they want to go out for a drink. Could be too. Avraham Avinu had credit cards. He had a good credit. This, the real gifts he gave them, Rashi says, Shame Tuma Moserlam. Even Rashi says, there was some name of Tuma. It says in Zoyer, Abba says, it was spiritual disciplines. You know, one of the most important mantras in Buddhism is Brahman, Brahman, which they attribute to Avraham. It's one of the most important... Uh, personalities and teachings. My point is that a lot of these disciplines reflect a vision of the world that's based on spiritual energy, which is very powerful. So that's essential. So the whole idea of Torah essentially is divine wisdom, the way it comes down. Even the physical Torah is essentially Chachma. 
And that's the idea of Kabbalah, Pnimi Yisatayri. It shows the Chachma in every halacha. Mitzvahs is already a whole new reality. Mitzvahs you can do through meditation. After eat matzah. And eating matzah, as spiritual as you are, right? Matzah is matzah, it's carbs. I hate to spoil it. And it doesn't have to be carbs. Quinoa, you do quinoa matzah. And it doesn't feel spiritual eating matzah. In fact, we're busy with a clock. You have to eat it three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. I know a guy almost had a heart attack because he went over the... It becomes hard. And then there's the modern, and there's the kairach. And it can become very... Even tefillin, tzitzis. What's tzitzis? You take the wool of a sheep. A lulav, an estric, trumas, maestro, stuck. Stuck you have to give with money. Huh? No. So that's the Chiddush. He says that the whole world of mitzvahs, that's Tafke the Gashmi. Only the Gashmi, not the Ruchni. Not the Ruchni. That's the Sev of Kalalman comes out in the mitzvahs. That's the whole world of mitzvahs. So that's why the two pillars, you have Torah and you have mitzvahs. The Torah represents wisdom, Chachma. And mitzvahs represents dealing with the gashmi, with the yesh. And you can't have a mitzvah without that. To put it very simple, if you see the whole world as divine energy, you cannot even do one mitzvah. <laughs> so it's like a contradiction. How do you eat matzah? Where's the matzah? What's matzah? It's divine energy. It's atoms at best. <laughs> huh? We go to the right, right. gesagt. Yeah. The moment I see everything is dvar Hashem, how can how can I how can I wrap it on my arm? How can I use the money to give it to a poor person? Ah, oh, ah, avada. The whole world of mitzvah is predicated on the yesh. So till this Maimer, you understand, yeah, it's predicated on the Yesh, because that's part of the Nisyanus of Elam Hazah. But the Rebbe says, no, because the mitzvah is Saiv of Kalalman. Without a Yesh, there's no mitzvah. In the world of Ilav Allah, there's no mitzvah, it's divine energy. It's all Ain Saif. So what happens in Ain Saif? It's the cessation of Yesh. And for there to be a Yesh, you can't know about the Ayin. Again, the moment Ayin comes into the world of Yesh, Ois Yesh. When the ila comes into the alul, it's not ois alul. A student who's sitting at the feet of his teacher, and the teacher goes away, when the teacher comes back, the student is more excited. He doesn't disappear. Because the student is a continuum of the teacher. Bina is not afraid of chachma. Bina wants chachma. Dibur is not afraid of machshava. My words are not afraid of my thoughts. My words need my thoughts. The more thoughts, the better the words. Right? The more you plan, the better the words. Because Dibur comes from Akshavat's Ilava Allah. So the world of Gashmi, the world of Gashmi, of the world of particularity, the world in which there is a sense of detachment, in which you can't find the Ilah. Because again, if the Ayin came into the Gashmi, it's Ois Ayin. It, it's Ois Yashami. It's the opposite of Ilava Allah. What was that? That, that, that that's an akud of Ein Saif Mamish. He says that's from Saif of Kalam and Kayachal, where Hashem is not defined by anything. So suddenly you have a new reality. It points to no source. 
And it's really divine. It comes from the divine. It's an embodiment of the divine. But how is it an embodiment of the divine? Not in the way of ilava alu. It doesn't point to anything. It's not rooted in spiritual divine energy. That's the power of the mitzvah. You'll say, I could sit every morning and meditate for three hours. Right? There's people who put on tefillin for two minutes. With not much awareness, let's be frank. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. So a person meditates for three hours. You'll say he did mitzvah tefillin, he didn't do mitzvah tefillin. A person is sitting by the seid, instead of eating matzah and mother, yeah, and koirich and an egg, why don't we sit and meditate about emancipation? Wouldn't that be better? Maybe less boring than a lot of seders. Sit for three hours and meditate. And you know what? It's not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'd probably first finish the seder with your kids and then at one in the morning go meditate till four. But the mitzvah is, I have to eat the matzah. So most, so, so most Jews thought it's a weird religion. It's, it's a weird, like, where's the spirituality? And the truth is, rituals can destroy spirituality. For many Jews, that became the whole Judaism. Rituals, and they ran away from it. 30% of Buddhists in America are Jewish. Even though we're only 2% of Americans. And 70% of New Age leaders of groups in America are Jewish. 70%. What's the reason for it? Huh? Buju. Jubu. What's the reason? There's a reason for it. They're infatuated by it. Because the truth is the mitzvah, it's very misunderstood. It's very misunderstood. The mitzvah is dafkinakli. If you have oil, there's no mitzvah. I told you, if the world is divine energy, how many mitzvahs can you do? Oh, so there's the goof of the mitzvah and there's the neshama of the mitzvah. The Torah of the mitzvah, the Torah, the theme, the kavana, that's ilavu'alu, that's chachma. The yesh of the mitzvah, which has no meaning. Oh, that's, that's, that's ayin. Of course it has no meaning. That's what yesh is. There's a power in the mitzvah in the fact that it has no meaning in, in the best way, in the best sense of the word. It has no meaning because it comes from a place that's deeper than meaning. Meaning is ilavu'alu. There's a part of the mitzvah like vaz, vu, ven. What do you want? Again, we take it for granted because many of us grew up with it. I mean, you don't take it for granted because you didn't. Many of us grew up with it, so it's like, yeah, you know, kaparis and honey on mechitzas too. Why not? I mean, yes, you should eat matzah and meditate. My point is. Once I'm meditating, what does the matzah add? Let's be, let's be real. <laughs> oh. The truth is, the matzah is more important than the meditation. Why? The matzah brings the meditation to Ein Soif. You understand? Yeah. The awareness to a deeper place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a contradiction. I'm bringing it out as a contradiction just to bring out the two points, huh? The bittel of the mitzvah is much deeper than the, what the meditation will take you. Now, it's, it's, hard, it's hard for us to hear. It's hard for us to hear because meditation is very rich and you, it, it's enlightened. It, it brings you... Sometimes you have mitzvahs without any awareness, without meditation. 
And the person could remain very, very grub, very brute. It doesn't, like it says, mitzvah b'loi kavonik aguf b'loi neshama. There's a deadness. You're like a zombie, a robot. Right? That's why it's so important to understand the pnimius. Huh? You have to understand Torah. You have to understand, and not in Torah, the pnimius of it. But there's something in the very meaningless physicality that has the secret of that has the secret of life. It has a secret of Ein Saif. And it's also true in relationships with people. Sometimes those who are amazing meditators, they can't stay in a marriage, for example. They can't stay in relationships. It's too petty. Some great spiritual master said that the worst thing to do is to go into such a relationship because it takes you away constantly from the world of oneness. Yeah, it's structure and it's, it's, it's listening to somebody else and people get, are very limited and, and we all have our pettiness. Right? That's like the ultimate world of yesh. But in Yiddishkeit it's not that way. Fakert. The Dirabitahtainim is in that world. Because there's something the Bashamtiv once said a soul comes down for 70, 80 years to do a favor to a person, physically or spiritually. What is he saying? An Ashama comes down to do a favor to a person physically or spiritually? What does that mean? Come on. <laughs> this is my ganze, my ganze yichis, <laughs> to do a favor to another person. And not one favor. And everything else is a hachana for that moment. And then that moment I miss. Because <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> I was in the higher worlds. What's the Balshamtiv really saying? That favor can only be in a world of yesh. <laughs> In a world of complete divine energy, you don't need my favors. That's <laughs> Certainly not Begashmis. But it's in that world, in that very limited world, where there is pettiness, where there is smallness. That's where the deepest truth comes out. Not because it's sophisticated. Because it's the, tr- it's the truth of Ein Saif. That's the Gashmi. With children you see it, right? People have often, spiritual people get annoyed often. Not only spiritual, all people, they get annoyed with raising children. It's hard. Why? Because what does a child need? Katnus. Child needs, a child needs yesh, not ayin. <laughs> a child needs yesh. A child needs your time and your attention and get down on the floor and play a game and read a book and give a bath and connect and look into the eyes and feed and go buy some ice cream and spend time with each other and it takes you away from the top of the mountain whatever that mountain looks like I'm not talking here about people who are self-centered and gluttonous and they're not interested in relationships I'm talking about now from the perspective of of, of, of Ruchnius right I'm bigger, I'm more interesting, I'm more sophisticated I'm more holy, I'm more ascetic huh? And it does take you away from there. 
And now you have to pay tuition. Right? After all the tzadahs. And as somebody who sits in the shir told me once that in his school, when he puts his child in the first day, he goes to the principal and he says, I'm going to ask you something. You don't have to teach my child anything this year. The only thing I ask you is don't ruin him. Don't tell him a thing. Don't destroy his confidence. At least he should come out the way he went in. Don't destroy him. That's it I'm asking. I'm asking you to teach him anything. Well, it's a little sad humor, but the point is, it's not so easy with all the systems and everything. Right? So some people, some people say, what, what, what do you need it for? The first mitzvah in Torah is pruervu. The first mitzvah is to have a child. The hardest mitzvah, <laughs> you have to take care of them. So the Al-Tarebbe once said, the way he said it, he says, the erste mitzvah in Torah is pruervu. Ayid tafmachen no chayid. That's the first mitzvah. A Jew needs to replicate the, replicate the cell. <laughs> a yidaf, that's the first mitzvah. It's not just true of who have children, obviously. It says, Make somebody else. To make somebody else, <laughs> that's obviously going away from my own orbit. So the world of relationships is a world, right? Relationships with family, it's a world where there's it's a world what's very, it gets very intricate. And it's very demanding. And it pulls you down, it pulls you out of your own transcendent orbit into relationships that are very, very limiting. This is what your spouse needs, this is what your child needs. So you can understand that some people feel allergic to it. It's much higher, that's what he's saying. The occupation with the yesh agashmi, the connection with it, that's what mitzvahs represents. That's where you touch something that's much deeper than ilavalal. That's the power of behavior, that's the power of a mitzvah. For example, in marriages, right, in marriage therapy, or just one example, you'll have couples, they have a lot of challenges. You could sit and analyze the challenges, you can help the husband see the perspective of the wife, the wife sees the and it's all very important. But sometimes you'll tell the couple, here is a list of behavioral changes you should make. Ten times a day, say this to your wife. Ten times a day, say this to your husband. And both will say, but it's not true. <laughs> it's not true, I'm not feeling it. Let's first change the feelings, and then the marriage will be good. It's a terrible mistake. Because you see, behaviors itself, even though it's chitzonius, it's external, can change dynamics sometimes more than 10 years of inner emotional work. Why? It's the same minion. Because behavior real deals with the physical. And the physical is rooted in the ain't soif. So it bypasses all your, often it bypasses your mental blockages and goes to a place of innocence inside of you where you're connected. You understand what I'm saying? This is not negating chas v'shalem emotional work. And understanding each other, it's very, very important, because if not, the behaviors are going to explode in your face. You know, at some point, boom, I'm done. But sometimes what happens through behaviors is much, much deeper than what will happen through me sitting with you and explaining to you the way your ashkaf is distorted, blah, 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 which may be a thousand percent right and it's good, but the behaviors will make the deepest change. It's like the behaviors, like changing the code, you know, in the DNA, in the computer, and suddenly everything changes. 
Right? Somebody wants in the studies they they teach that in a in a good marriage, so you need to have the the baseline positivity. In other words, when your husband does something or when your wife does something, and it could be interpreted as positive or negative, where does your mind go? Do you say my wife was thinking about me and she loves me, or do you right away go to doesn't care about me, selfish, uh, I'm lonely? Where do you go to? When there's something, you know, there's always those things you can interpret, kach kach, yeah? <laughs> Where does your mind go to? What is that based on? That's not based on what she said. That's based on who you are, <laughs> right? It's based on, 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 on your mindset, and it's based on a thousand factors. It's usually based on how much healthy attachment you had as a child. Because confirmation bias, either it becomes a confirmation that you're lonely, or it's a confirmation that somebody loves you. So what's your baseline? Is your baseline that somebody loves me? Or is the baseline that I'm a worthless, wretched creature? And every, anyone who ever says they like me has to prove it over 20 years. And even then I won't believe them. Because I can't believe myself that I'm anything. I'm worth anything. Was that clear? Okay, good. How do you begin to change such a thing? So the answer is, there's a lot of work a person has to do. Now if there's real trauma with a capital T, you have to sometimes do very powerful and intense work in order to be able to help make that shift. But there's one very powerful thing that's a tzad hashava, and that is behavior. Right? Uh, uh, the big marriage gurus will always tell you that the energy, the v- a positive vibe in the house happens when the ratio between positive comments and critical comments is 20 to 1 throughout the day. That means, for every one negative comment, negative doesn't mean, drop dead. Negative means, your tie is, is, is dirty, and, and it doesn't match. It, it, it's not geschmack, right? Or, or why are you late? Why are you late? You know we had to go, right? Or you forgot the wine. And negative doesn't mean necessarily very negative. Positive could mean anything like, wow, you're so handsome to thank you for working so hard to support our family. I love your sense of humor. You're so kind. Whatever it is, you look beautiful. Genuine. 20 to 1. In other words, every 24 hours, one negative, gesundheit, stamensch, but 20 positive. Then what happens is, the baseline in the house is, it's going to be positive. Now, 20 to 1 is a big one. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. So l'chayr, it's a stid, it's a joke. And by the way, 20 to 1 is, is mahadrim in a mahadrim. The base is 5 to 1. So machlaikas actually by therapist, if it's 4 to 1 or 5 to 1. By the way, it's a machlaikas. You think only Basil and Bishamay had machlaikas and they have machlaikas. Is it five, minimum 4 to 1 or 5 to 1? Huh? But yesh lahachme. The Mishnah Bruce says yesh lahachme. But 5 to 1 is minimum. What's that 5 to 1? For every one negative comment... It has to be a ratio of five to one. Then what happens? What happens then is, when you say something, she says something, your neural pathways, where do they go to? They go to, wow, she loves me. So instead of running away, you get closer. It's critical. Now somebody's going to say, this is a joke. The whole reason I'm doing five to one is what? To be able to have a positive perspective. If it would be positive, I wouldn't have to do five to one. So this is all good for yeshiva bachrim. These questions. 
right? Ilavalu. It's a very good question. Or as Reb Nochum said, if you're busy counting, what type of relationship is it going to be? Well, I already did five compliments. <laughs> so here's the here's the funny thing, and it sounds funny. Try it, and you'll see that it works. <laughs> it works. As a result of this, you stop counting. So you'll say, why does it work? It's Mama Shalayla Shema. The answer is because behavior is rooted in a deeper place of self than self-conceptualization. You understood? The Gashmi physical behavior is rooted in a deeper place. And therefore it makes a dent in a place that bypasses a lot of your psychological blockages. That's the Kayach of behavior. It looks like it's Chitzainius, but it's like the Yesh. It's like the Yesh Agashmi. It looks like it's Chitzainius, but really it's more Pnimius than Pnimius. And that's why it doesn't look like Pnimius. Ruchnius is all about Pnimius, authenticity, expression. Gashmi, eh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Because it's more Pnimi than Pnimi. <laughs> you understand? It doesn't have to be Pnimi. It could be Chitzin. Ain't so God doesn't have to look Pnimius, Dick. God could look very external. Say, Ech God. Don't turn God into such a Pnimi. In the Yesh, he comes out as a Chitzin. It's fine. He's not afraid of Chitzinius. He doesn't have to be so spiritual. We're afraid of not being spiritual, some of us. God is not afraid. He doesn't have to be spiritual. He can be petty and physical and, and technical. He's fine. <laughs> In a marriage also, behavior has a secret to it. Now, there are disclaimers. If a person is really, really broken, if a person is completely broken, right? If there's mental, if there's a serious mental disorder, serious mood disorder, mental challenges, trauma of a different magnitude, none of this may work. I'm just saying this because some of you, you know, you may say, you know, thank you for your advice, Rabbi Y.Y., but uh, thank you, no thank you. There are situations where somebody is so broken where simply nothing can work. And then it's a whole different, the first, and then the question is if they're aware of how broken they are. If they're not aware, it becomes dangerous. So I'm just making that disclaimer, you have to be aware of this, right? Somebody was very, very abused. Somebody is suffering from personality disorder, mental illness, these things. The rules are different because it's, it's just, you have to be sensitive to these things. There's no black and white, you know, rules that apply to everything. But we see this is the power of behavior. Why is the power of behavior so deep? It's because the koyach of Misa. The koyach of Misa goes to a much deeper place. That's the power of the guf. That's the power of the guf. That's the power of the gashmi. There's something in the gashmi that is incredibly, incredibly infinite. And you have to respect it. That's why the guf has something that the neshama doesn't even have. The embodiment of the soul, you would think it's just a, a nuisance. Right? The neshama out of the body is much better. <laughs> it sees everything. There's no ego. <laughs> There's no mess. And sometimes you need to go out of the body in order to be able to see the body. But the real nekud is that in the gashmi you can reach something that's deeper than everything. That's the wisdom of the guf. And that's why in the end of the day, you don't have to get rid of the ego. You have to realize that the ego is the embodiment of Ein Saif. And then you don't have to get rid of it. Ah, huh? This is the Nekudah of Purim. What do you see the connection with Purim? Yeah. That's the Nekudah of Purim. 
That's why Haman wanted to kill the body of the Jews. More than the soul, he wanted to kill the body. Antiochus wanted to destroy the neshama. He didn't need, he didn't care about the body of the Jew. Haman, he wanted the body. La Hashmid, la Abed. We saw it in our generation, with the Haman of our generation, Hitler, Yamach Shemai. He didn't only want to destroy the soul, the body, the guf. And in a way, more than Haman. Haman wanted to kill them. Hitler, even after the Jews were gassed, he wanted to send, he sent them all into the crematoriums. What did the crematoria do? It didn't kill them, they were dead already. What did it do? It destroyed the dead body. In other words, the Rebbe once said this at a Purim Fabrengen. The Yemach Shemoyniks, you know, evil senses the power of Kedusha and it's threatened by it. The Yemach Shemoyniks were typhus, they felt the Kedusha in the goof of Ayid. Even in a lifeless body. It was too Jewish. That body had to be burnt and reduced to ashes. And now finally, we got rid of the Jew. He didn't get dead. Yeah, on one level they wanted to hide evidence. With ashes, there's no evidence. They scattered the ashes in the water. They buried the ashes. There's no evidence. But the, 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 the commitment they had to get rid of the body, it's a dead body. No. The goof. That was Megala, the Kedusha Saguf. And Haman wanted to get rid of the body. The goof of the Jewish people. That's why Hanukkah is more of a spiritual holiday. You light candles, you say halal. It's about light. And Purim is about Kalim. <laughs> Purim is all Mishloyach Manes, Matanes Lavyoinim, Adulayada. It's a very, very... Uh, a lot of people don't like Purim. Why? <laughs> huh? It's a very physical holiday. You know what I mean? So without the mime, it's not hard to connect to it. Like, leave me alone. I'm not a party animal. And they don't like when people throw up around me. <laughs> you know, Putin became like by some people, it's like just a Hefke holiday. It's a, you drink and teenagers smoke everywhere. He went sitting by a Putin Fabreng with Rabbi El Khan. He was on Mashpia. So somebody was a little tipsy, he was making jokes. So Rabbi El looks at him and says, De jokes and in good fatishabov. Put him as a Erinstetog. <laughs> <laughs> so Yidu learned chesidus. He says these jokes are good for Tishabov. He didn't mean to make jokes on Tishabov. He meant you know Tishabov. People are sad. Fine. Soon Tishabov will be a yamtif, so you can make jokes. But he said put him. It's a serious day. In other words, when you turn when when you think that the whole idea of put him is that we can make jokes behetter because we don't have to learn, you miss the whole Indian. In a way, put him is deeper than any other yamtif. Because it's the gili hayesh and the guf. It's the gili of Ein Saif. Obviously then the suda of Purim is different. The Meshleich Manas is different. Matanas Lavyanim is different. Meshleich Manas, you give a person a gift of food and you smile to them. And you say, here, this is from me to you. Yeah? What is that? It's not a spiritual experience, but it's deeper than a spiritual experience. Matanas Lavyanim, the same thing. Suda's Purim, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but this wasn't humor. It was, it was cynicism. You're right. Humor, yeah. Humor is good. Humor is very good. The Gemara says that Rabbi, before every shear, he would start off with a milsa to Gemara says in, in Psachim, 
that Rabbah would begin with a joke and everybody would laugh, or Batchi Rabbanan, they all laughed. And then there was awe, Yosef B'Shmaitse, and he would start to shear. Huh? I don't know where he started with the Milsad B'Dichise, but I, I, I am the Milsad B'Dichise. I don't have to start off with the Milsad B'Dichise. Huh? <laughs> Sometimes if you're the Milsad B'Dichise, Shengut. You understand? You don't have to create jokes. You become the, you become the, the truth is it's a very deep madrega to be a Milsad It means you don't take your ego seriously. Hopefully one day I'll be able to become a Milsad Abdichas. What, do, what does humor do? It disarms people. Why does it disarm people? Because they don't feel agendas and there's no competition in humor. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm proving something to you. Humor is a very disarming tool because everybody relaxes. There's no like you and me. Humor creates equality. We can laugh about the same things. It's like the other said when somebody tells a very moving story and he cries. Also, it disarms people because we, we it, it touches people on a level of equality. There is no machloikas in humor. It's like, oh, it's not a good joke. Okay. I'm not going to take you to court. Huh? That was funny. It's not a good joke. It's it's not a good joke. Or According to Bishillo, yeah, it, it wouldn't be a joke. Okay. No problem. You know what I mean? If, if, uh, huh? Anudnik, yeah. Anudnik. But, but the point is, the point is, how do we get into this? Oh, humor. Yeah. No, he was sitting by the Sudan. and it was like, put him, he was like, in, in Hebrew it's called Hishtalel. You know what Hishtalel is? Uh, Adeloyada doesn't mean drunk. Adeloyada means, Adeloyada means a place where I can go out of Das. Where my reality doesn't have to be defined by Das. It's the most antithetical thing to being drunk, by the way. <laughs> we call it drunk because when we hear the word Adelayada, yeah, the way we typhus Adelayada means you're drunk. Adelayada is the exact opposite. Adelayada is the deepest avoida. <laughs> it's much deeper than being sober. <laughs> it's, it's much deeper. It's much harder being Adelayada than being sober. <laughs> Adelayada means I don't define reality based on das. I don't have to grasp things. It's not ilava olal anymore, huh? Kesser, yeah, superconscious. It goes to the eye in itself. It's very scary adlayada, because adlayada means you lose yourself. But that's the nakuda. So that's why Haman he wanted to destroy the guf. So you saw in our generation the obsession with the guf of the Jewish people because they were typhus the kedushas aguf, not just kedushas anashama. And that's extremely important. And that's why, after the Holocaust, the way I understand it, there's such an emphasis on Kedushas HaGuf of the Jewish people. Today, one of the worst things you could tell children or Bachram is, don't take care of your body. Your body is evil. Just take care of your mind. Take care of your neshama. It's a betrayal. Because during the Holocaust, what got revealed in the world was how holy the Jewish body is. The obsession of Hitler, Yamach with the body was because of, he felt the elokus in the guf, not in the neshama. And there was Jews who were completely secular, atheistic. They couldn't care less about Judaism. They were murdered with the same venom like the holiest Jews in the world. Why? Because there was a holiness that he felt that came out of the physicality of the Jewish presence. 
That's a whole different Indian. So today, what type of sensitivity do we have to have to Jews to be able to see the holiness in the body? If the Yamach Shemayni could see it, so I won't be able to see it. You have to learn from your enemies. If he saw the Kedushas HaGuf in every Jew, not because the Nisham, because the Guf. So it teaches you how to look at somebody. And by the way, that's one of the deeper reasons why in this generation is revealed more and more the wisdom of the body. The somatic wisdom, Milas HaGuf. It's working with the Guf. The Baal Shem Tev already said that Yiddishkeit has to work with the Guf. Ozev Tazav Ima. But in this horrible calamity the Jewish people experienced, it became an explosion of the holiness. Six million bodies were burnt because they were Jewish. How much of the Kedushas HaGuf came into the world? So that's why today, Avodah Hashem must integrate soul and body. If it cuts off the body from the soul, it's, it's not the emes. And Al Rebbe says, when Mashiach comes, the soul is going to get nurtured from the body. In other words, there's going to be revealed the mile of the goof over the neshama, and the neshama is going to get its inspiration and its divine flow from the goof. Really? <laughs> With goof, this goof. That's why Tchiyas HaMesim is an important idea in Judaism, the resurrection of the dead. Why? You're dead, you're dead. The soul lives in an Aden. The answer is, no, no, the body that you worked with for 70, 80, 90, 120 years, that body, it was not a waste of time. The nervous system that you're calming, the nervous system that you're regulating, the cells in your body, that we, we work with our body, it's a vehicle. So you think, okay, it's a vehicle. When you're dead, you're dead. Tchiyas HaMesim is a Yisoyed in Yiddishkeit. Why? It's a beautiful miracle, fine. Why is it a fundamental idea in Judaism? It's a fundamental idea in Judaism because it's all based on this Nekuda. It's based on the Nekuda. The work in the guf is eternal. It's eternal. It's not just the work with the soul is eternal. The work with your body is eternal. You, you hear what I'm saying? The work with the guf is eternal. Huh? You have to respect it. For my flesh I will perceive God. That's why Tchis HaMesim is such an important Yisait. There's a word in Halacha, Shinui HaChoyzeh Libriyosei Enei Shinui. A change that's going to go back to the way it was before the change is not called a real Shinui in Halacha. For example, if somebody steals, right, something from somebody else, and changes it. There's two types of chains. A change, yeah. you take a beam, for example, and you put it on your sukkah. Right? So it's now in my sukkah. But it's not hard. I could bring it back. I take off the beam and give it back to them. Sometimes you make a change in something. Yeah? And you can. You take silver and you mint it into a coin. You could melt down the coin and go back to silver. But sometimes you make a change in something and it's irreversible. Right? What are you, you going to do with it? You know, take a dough and separate the flour from the water after it's a dough. Good luck. <laughs> How are you going to do that? So the Allah is a It's not a real shina. Because death is only a temporary situation, it came from the eight sadas. And with Khiasamaisim it's going to be reversed. So even during death, it's not called that the body is really dead. It's not. It's a transition, it's a journey. And it says one of the reasons why we don't cremate, because cremation is like a destruction of something. That's what Hitler wanted. 
When you bury something, you're planting it. When you plant something, you're not destroying it. Any goof that goes into the earth, offer atav, offer toshav, the body becomes part of the earth. And it creates new growth, new produce. So everything becomes part of a new generation of vegetation. We don't realize that. When something goes into the earth, even you know, all the animal, all the fossils and everything, it creates life. So the goof is not, it's not the end, it's the beginning, it's planted. The ultimate growth will be Tchis HaMesim. But Tchis HaMesim is a continuation to burial. So when a goof is buried, Fakain mentioned Gedacht, Lo what happens is, Bila HaMavis, it gets swallowed into the earth, and then there's a new, it's the beginning of growth. So when this Maimed, Al Rebbe was Megala, started to be Megala, the Maimed, Hayesh, which is the Guf, the Gashmi, and Olam Haza, the physical world, which is expressed in mitzvahs, which most mitzvahs, most mitzvahs can only be done in, 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 in those properties, with the body and the physical world. And if everything was energy, spiritual energy, what am I going to put Tefillin on? I once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said he heard from his shver, his father-in-law, that he heard from his father, the Rebbe Rashab, that he rolled up his sleeve. He rolled up his sleeve. His, his son's name was Yosef Yitzchak, the Rebbe Rayat. So he said, Zeh, Zeh, give a cook, we tired their goof is. As to libdem, or the eibishter, or oizgigosin, as oifel teiro mitzvahs. Look how precious the body is, that for this, Hashem poured out. It's a, he poured out his soul, you know, all of Torah mitzvahs. Zeh. So he said, why did he have to uncover? He could have said it. He said, legalo is gashmi is hayat. He could have said it. But then it wouldn't be the part. It's not, he, he, he rolled up his sleeve to be megala the gashmi. And he said, zed vitayer. He didn't want it to be an intellectual idea, to be a visceral idea, a visceral experience, to reveal the gashmi is of the hand. Say, zed vitayer agufis. But this is the goof and it's true in its true pristine beauty. We could take our bodies and we can abuse our bodies. We all know that, right? Some of us are good at it. Some of us are good at it. And the reason we can abuse our bodies is because it's not in the world of Ilava Allah. It's 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 the world of detachment, it's the world of the Yesh. But when you're Megala, the true Yesh of the goof, then you don't have to dismiss the body, then the goof itself is the greatest gili of the Ein Saif, just like the physical world. And that's where you don't have to run away from the ego, the ego of the Yesh. On the contrary, you just have to see what it is, that it's deeper than Ilava Allah. It doesn't point to the source, not because it has no source, because the source is a much, much deeper source. It's Saif of Kalamas, it doesn't point to it. Okay. Huh? <laughs> There's a shear Monday morning. Monday morning, Tainas Sester will have a shear. And uh, that's going to be uh, 7.45. And Purim in the evening, there's going to be a Fabrengen here. Everybody is invited. 8, 8 o'clock after Yesuda, right here in Shul. With music and food. That's Tuesday evening. Be'ez HaShem Baruch. Shabbos is a regular schedule. And everybody have a beautiful day and a beautiful Shabbos. Try to erase Amalek. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.